0: Washington training camp live on the Odyssey app. Craig Hoffman, happy to be with you for episode number two. And it is my pleasure to be joined on the phone by Julie Donaldson. And Julie, I feel like just you're like the the voice and the face of Washington football. Now I, I forget whatever your, your very fancy and, and well-earned actual title is, but like you're, you're it. You're the face. You're the voice of Washington football, at least on the media side, of course.
1: Yeah, so the official title is Senior Vice President of Media and Content, and and basically what that means is a lot of information that we put out there, the TV shows, the linear shows, um, some of our digital shows, our podcast shows that we have coming up, um, and our radio broadcasts. Uh, I kind of lead the charge on pretty much all of that, but as far as like the face and the voice, yeah, I, I host a lot of the shows, and uh, both on game day, and will be tonight ahead of practice, so excited for that.
0: Yeah, I wanted to have you on, especially as as the big kind of first public thing. Like, of course, training camp in Richmond is a big deal, but um, with it being only four days this year and, and not quite the regular setup and everything, it, it felt like almost dipping dipping our toes in the water as opposed to the typical like, oh, it's Richmond, it's time to go. Uh, and then the pads come on when when the team gets back up here. But tonight is like the first big public showcase with this open practice. And I, I'm sure you were involved in, in many facets of the planning of this because this is not not something this team is is used to doing. And considering this is a public facing event and your big fancy and again, very well earned title uh, that you have. Uh, I'm sure that that this idea was was brought up and you were brought in fairly early in the process. So what was the idea of doing this open practice? Why does Coach Rivera want to do it? And then what are you guys putting on on the media side to to get it to fans who won't be at FedEx tonight?
1: Yeah, you're right. This, this is something that, um, we haven't necessarily done in the past. You know, last year obviously was a bit unique with COVID and everything being shut down and there were no preseason games. We did have a practice at FedEx Field, but fans weren't allowed in because of COVID. And the reason we had it there then is coach wanted the players to know what it's like being on their home field, uh, where they wouldn't have, didn't have that opportunity in the preseason. Uh, he liked that and they wanted to really just kind of say, this is a way to welcome fans back you know we've missed you they wanted to do something big something special for them so uh, the league allowed these opportunities to happen they allowed the opportunities for us to stream during practices which has been something that's been allowed in the past and they really really want to reach out to the fan and say hey we miss you you're important to our game we need you here we want to engage with you we want to make this exciting for you we want you to be here we want you to show that uh, want to show you that it's going to be safe uh, and there's something to cheer for so Head coach Ron Rivera and our team president, Jason Wright, said, how can we really kind of make this special for the fans? And, yeah, this is something that's been in the works for quite a while. And early on, they said, uh, put all the activations out to everybody that's on our leadership team. What can you to make it big, to make it great? So we're going to have the entertainment team out there. We're going to have our drum line out there. So you'll get the first look at what you're going to see at home games as we have kind of reimagined the whole experience. Hopefully there should be, you know, A a better time, um, you know, good food. We've uh, improved out there as well. And we're going to be streaming it. We'll be streaming it live from 7 to 9 o'clock on Team 980 and as well as all of our platforms. So uh, you should be able to. We'll be doing also live player interviews during practice, which, you know, Craig, you never get that, right? Right, right. Um, So... We're, we've got a whole bunch of them. Um, you know, we're, we're going to get oh, we, we're going to get a whole bunch of guys um, that'll be really cool when they're they're not on the field. We'll be able to chat with you know Chase, Yami, Fitzpatrick, um, literally during practice.
0: Yeah, that's that is uh I feel like a high stakes situation there. Cause like even in the in-game interviews, you try to time it and if there's a sudden change of possession, whatever, but like a coach is in uh, coaches are gonna be in coach mode tonight. Not to mention players are gonna be locked in and you know, breathing heavy and all that kind of stuff. So you, you ask them question, you get a couple of heavy breaths, and then you just hope that their rep doesn't come up and that the coach is all of a sudden yelling at you like, Hey, we need McLaurin. Get just stop asking him <laughs> questions.
1: Well, we'll make sure that, you know, if we're getting those guys, it's not when they need to. It is is still a practice. And, you know, they are putting in, you know, their insults. So we we are very selective on what we're allowed to show. That's for sure. We don't give anything away or tip our hand to uh, opposing teams. Um, But, uh, you know, yeah, well, it's going to be fun. Um, It should be a lot of fun. Excitement. I think we even have fireworks. Uh, Coach is going to talk to the fans afterwards. So a unique opportunity um, to, to be at camp, uh, you know, and be a part of it and, and bring fans in.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I'm so curious now that you've had, I'm sure you've been asked this question before. This is hardly unique. Um, the only difference is like people that I'm sure have asked you this before haven't also had a similar experience because... I did the, basically what turned out to be a, a year exactly inside of a franchise. Like I, w- I took that executive producer position with Washington spirit and being on the inside was so enlightening in so many ways. And now you've been uh, in this position, uh, and really been able to establish yourself and you built such an amazing infrastructure there for the fans. And, and obviously the rebrand is ongoing. There's so much that's happening with the club in so many different ways, but coming from that outside, someone who did journalism, someone who broke a lot of news, someone who was doing interviews, uh. Uh, with that journalistic mind what has it been like for you transitioning inside and, and as you reflect on like some of the bigger picture things that you've learned that that you have adapted to what are the things that stand out being on the inside uh, in the role that you're in now
1: yeah you know breaking news is in all honesty, not something i necessarily enjoyed uh because you're forever glued to your phone trying to work uh, your sources and, get information and try to be ahead of it I don't think folks understand how hard it is, especially in today's world where, you know, you can get news instantly on Twitter. And then there's always that paranoia making sure you type everything the right way when you are breaking it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I was fortunate to have some really good good contacts um, in the business over my years and and have some good information um, to give out to fans. And I I think fans always appreciate that, um, you know, to be able to know what's going on with their favorite team, their favorite players, the changes that are being made. But now what is kind of the cool thing is I don't have to worry about that. You know, I mm-hmm. have it, and it's kind of fun sitting back, watching others try to work and get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Be like, oh, you're a little off on that one. Or, <laughs> okay, there you go. Um, look at you trying to figure out, you know, how you're getting this information. And then us kind of going like, wait, is there somebody leaking stuff? Who is that? I <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> find this person. You know, so it is definitely, um, in all honesty, interesting being on the other side, um, knowing the information. And when, you know, and, and where I'm charged is, is, you know, we have our breaking news. Um, team with us internally of those that need to know what the information is so they can put it out in their activations and their platforms and and put it out in the right way. Uh, So, you know, it's interesting all this, I just being responsible to make sure that when we get that information, we can put it out in a responsible way that's factual so fans know exactly what is going on. So yeah, it's, it's a big transition. Um, And then also it's just a big transition because, you know, I mean, I, I've been a journalist my entire career and you're used to asking questions in a certain way. And, and now being on the team side, you just have to maybe change the way that you're wording some of those questions um, and, and put a little bit of a, a different spin on it, because I still think I have a responsibility or know I have a responsibility to get that information to the fans. And if something's not going the way we want it, what are we working on to make sure that we will get on track and in line with that? So it's just a few tweaks here and there. Um, I'm learning, growing, adjusting. And in all honesty, Craig, I'm I'm kind of loving it or I am loving it.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's actually a really exciting thing. Um, I, I will say the the funniest thing that happened to me during my year inside a club was when I someone that I knew in the journalism world here in D.C., I obviously am not going to name names, but uh, tried to use me as a source and, you know, like ask me questions like I didn't know exactly what they were doing. And it's like, you realize right. you realize that I, I did this like I, I know how this works. Right. Um, so that, yeah. that was funny. you Yeah. Know,
1: What's kind of interesting, too, and, and, and we'll talk, you know, because I'm friends with a lot of the writers. And sure. so I'll go and hang out with them and have conversations with them all. And there are times where I have to be very cautious of what I'm saying, realizing
0: that right. it
1: could be, you know, used or twisted or, you know. But the cool thing is, is because I have good relationships with all of them, um, they don't they know not to come to me because they don't want to put me in that spot. Exactly. You know, and I, I appreciate that and I respect that. Um, Or if it is, it's something to say, hey, is it okay that we use this? And and then it gives me the permission to say, oh, you're right. Maybe I said something that was internal. I didn't realize that it isn't externally out yet. Because we talk a lot of times internally on things that, you know, like working up towards training camp, like we knew months in advance, we were going to be in Richmond, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. And just making sure we're we're putting all our plans and activations into Richmond and that hadn't become public that we are going to allow fans to be there yet. So little things like that, I have to kind of watch what I am saying and who I'm saying it to. But as far as like player news and player intel, I appreciate the respect of, of my peers. Um, knowing that I know and that I can't share with
0: them. Without question, without question. The other question I just wanted to ask you on this, and I'd love to just talk ball for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, however much time we have left, uh, before we we head on our way and you start heading towards practice tonight, um, is like, how does your journalism eye uh, affect the conversations you have? Because like, again, mm-hmm. having the experience, there would be times where we were gonna do something a certain way and I would be like, hey, we need to be prepared to answer this question. Or you might wanna rethink about the the phrasing on this, because it's probably going to be like, if I was covering this team, this is what I would be saying. And it helps sharpen up the message a little bit. Have you had those interactions with whether it's Ron or Jason, when you think about taking whatever, uh, internal plans that you have and making them ultimately external announcing them, you know, and, and acting on them, depending on what the plan is.
1: Well, I will say this. Um, one of the, the first hires that Jason Witten had was um, a communications person for the business side of mm-hmm. things. And Julie Jensen and I got to you know meet with a couple of the very strong candidates uh, ahead of that process. And I was like, you got to bring in Julie. We call her JJ because mm-hmm. we're both on senior leadership. So Julie and Julie, gets confusing. So right. they just call me JD, her JJ. So internally, I'm JD. She's JJ. That's great. And so she really kind of helped. Um, with those relationships with the media members on what we want to put out if it's a little bit on the business side so we understand the right wording and how it's going to be translated. And where I can kind of help is because I've been in this market for now over, you know, a decade, good Lord, time flies, right? <laughs> um, you, know, you know, I can understand and, and help them with a little bit of how it's going to be translated, what questions they're going to have, how they're going to be react, uh, especially compared to historically – how they didn't have that communication with uh, the beat reporters or the public on plans that are going to be made or things that are going to be happening. And as far as coach Rivera, you know, a, a lot of different things that like he's, you know, he, he is so good um, at understanding the media and how to communicate with them. But I will say this, there's a lot of times where, when I'm going in to interview a player, um kind of alluding to what I was mentioning a little bit earlier is I have to challenge myself and think about, okay, as the journalist on the outside, this is how I'd ask the question. And now as the person on the inside, I need to reward it a different way so I make sure that we are putting out the right messaging on what we're working on, how we're working on it, and how we're always improving to make sure we're getting better. Um, you know, so it's just, to me, it's just, it's tweaking and twisting, but hopefully still getting the same message out and the same answers out on, on what this team is doing ultimately to, to get to, you know, the postseason and beyond. So, yeah. But it's cool. It's, you know, the, it, it's neat being with the guys. It's neat being at practice. It, it's great working with Coach Rivera and his staff and seeing what they're building. And, you know, I think anybody that's out there will genuinely say this team has more depth and more, um, you know, good character players on it. And that's something that I think across the board. Um, almost every position you weren't able to say sometimes in years past.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I think that definitely did start the last few years. I think there was, you know, when, when Kyle was here, for instance, and and was mm-hmm. in charge of the draft, I know that was something that he really focused on. And obviously uh, he overlapped with Ron for a year and, and the, the crew that's been brought in uh, and then ultimately Marty and, and, Martin take over, Mayhew and Herney take over, and have continued that. We know how important that stuff is to Ron. Speaking of smooth transition, right into on the field, um, the, I've spent a lot of time, whether it's on this podcast or filling in for Sheehan this week on on nine eighty, talking about the wide receiver position. And I would just love to know, as, as someone who has gotten to see every snap of every practice, uh, talking to coaches, what is who is to you standing out at that position? Because it seems like there's about nine guys, and they're there's not going to be nine spots, no matter how much it seems that everybody wants there to be.
1: You know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, going into practice, D'Angelo Hall goes, if they put out their death report, you know, I was like, no, not yet. <laughs> we haven't gotten to that. And honestly, if you just pull it up, you've got Terry McLaurin and then it's just blank for for beyond that because it's to be filled in. You know, I think it's, it's easiest uh, easy to figure out those top few guys. And, you know, we haven't seen, Curtis Samuel yet, but you know exactly what he's gonna bring when he's out there. They're not concerned about him being able to fit in. He's a vet. He knows it. He knows Gary. Um, so that'll be easy. But yeah, it gets tricky um when you get to those deeper depth, you know, guys. Like some, you know, some of these these players we've relied upon in the past may not be out there. You know, last year we had to rely on Stevenson Junior, Isaiah Wright. Those are guys that are having to earn their case to say, we want to be one of the units that you're going to rely on. And how are they going to contribute on special teams, of course, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, and and what's interesting, too, is we were talking with Sam Sims the other day. This is a player that was always on the bubble, right? Is he going to make it? Is he going to be on the practice squad typically is where his time was. Well, last year, out of necessity, you know, he got more playing time. Consistency is something they wanted out of him. He got to be out there on the field. and, And now he's running with the ones. Um, so, you know, his production has changed a little bit. We used to watch him crack and practice like, yeah, hey, Cam's doing great. But he was going up against the second and third string because he was that bubble guy. Right. You know, he's not making as much noise now because, but he will be someone that you, I think you can count on. So yeah, it's going to be real interesting at, at wide how they do that. But I think what's ultimately as you know, in this position, it's going to be, who can be that special team player. Um, so, and you don't know that until they're actually in the game. You know, right. I mean, they, they can shine all day long at practice, but you're not hitting, you know, like it's it's easy and, and fun to watch the DBs and wide receivers go up against each other. But even in pads, they're not going full speed, you know, it's right. amped up, but it's hard to really tell how they might be able to, to work that until we see them in the preseason game.
0: Right. And actually, that was a point that uh, we talked about this morning on the show of we talk about the special teams and then they don't really practice special teams. Like, obviously, they practice mm-hmm. it in terms of like, this is where you're supposed to be, but you never go live right. during special teams. So like we're talking about Steven Sims versus DeAndre Carter, and it's not like they're going to light yeah. up 10 punt returns and have five each and be like, all right, let's see what happens, because that's a formula for disaster and injury. And that's just not something that happens at the NFL level uh, to that extent on special teams. So it really is going to come down to these wow. these preseason games.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and then DeAndre Carter has had some good flashes at, at wide out there, but mm-hmm. more than likely that this spot is going to be the special player, right? They're going to have, they're going to have to be fighting to, to get field time um, and get some actual legit snaps on offense. Um, but, you know, I mean, Stevenson's Jr., you like him, he's shifty and, and he's, he's got some speed, but, you know, he must some punts. How much can he really? show coaches that he's worked on that and he can be trusted back there. That's something he's got to do. He's come back. He's had a good camp. Coaches said, I will give him a clean plate. We're going to look at him. He has the opportunity to really, you know, change the perspective of what was last year. Um, but, you know, those are things he's going to have to work hard on to overcome. DeAndre Carter's got to work hard on and say, you know what, I'm the guy that should be here. So it's it's going to be some difficult decisions for for the coaching staff, but it's so nice to have that competition, to have that depth. You know, you have some some good playmakers. You know, out there outside of Terry McLaurin, it was always Terry and who, you know, um, who has a chance to step up? And it was a lot of guys that, you know, you kind of like went, OK, let's, let's hope they can make something of this. Um, but now, you know, you've got some playmakers and some guys have got extra experience under their belt that I think this offense is going to have a whole new look and, and run the way that Scott Turner wants it to run and envisions it running.
0: Yeah, it's got so much speed, too, which is fun with with Curtis mm-hmm. and Terry and Diami Brown and uh, just guys everywhere that can run uh, on the defensive side. Uh, Cam curl apparently has looked like Cam curl, which is great because, you know, you're always scared of the, the sophomore slump a little bit. But then it was like, okay, who's going to pair with him? Is Landon going to be healthy? It seems like Landon is healthy. What what is your impression been of Landon Collins getting again to see every snap, every practice and, you know, getting to see that behind the scenes of how he's feeling, how he's talking. You you know, what What he's, his general demeanor has been like and how he feels about his performance so far in camp.
1: You know, I thought it was kind of cute when he was, I was a little nervous um, coming yeah. back out there just because he missed so much time. Yeah. And for somebody who's a vet and, you know, has um, the playmaking ability that he does to say, yeah, like, this is this is real. This is, you know, he's got those butterflies that say, I want to get out there and I want to do well. And the coaching staff is very clear they want more out of him than this, you know? So, um, you know, he's actually, he looks good. Uh, he's come back sooner than, than a lot thought um, from that, although some will say that it's easier to come back from Achilles than an ACL. So w- whichever way it is, y- you hate to have to work your way back from either injury. Um, they're both devastating to anybody in this business. But, you know, he looks good. He's out there. Um, you know, Cam Curl, you know, it, you see times where they, they're both out there on the field. And, you know, you go, okay, that's going to be a problem for anybody trying to make plays against them. As Landon says, you know, we you put eight DBs out there, that's what I want. Um, he's very communicative and, and kind of working, help coach up even Cam at times. Uh, so, uh, you know, it'll be interesting. What it does is because you know Cam can go there. Cam Curl Cam can, you know, do a lot of good stuff in coverage where maybe that wasn't as much as Landon's strength and what they're asking for at Landon, but you can play Landon a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage for that. But um, I, I think they're going to get pretty creative with their packages that they can put out there, and that's exactly what you need because they do have those guys that have that flexibility to be able to do um, multiple different positions and move them around, depending on what you're facing.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I think that position is, is really fascinating because they also have options. You know, it's in a mm-hmm. way like receiver where it's like, yeah, you have some guys that, you know, you know, curl and to a point, it seems like if he's healthy, you kind of know what Landon gives you, but then you have all these other right. guys that seem, you know, the Bobby McCain's like, he's played a lot of I NFL was, snaps. Yes, I was,
1: yeah, I was just about to say you've got Bobby McCain to work in there, too. So, you know, honestly, that's one of the questions we keep asking, like, who who should be the best starters for this? You know, and, and I don't know that that really matters. The coaching staff might tell you it doesn't really matter who's the actual starter because it's who's out there making plays when they need it, um, depending how the game script goes, you know?
0: Yeah, so. definitely. Um I have a question to wrap up that is a topic that I've touched on at various points this offseason. And I actually, now that I think of it, I don't know that there's a better person that is capable of answering this than you because you are around the team so much and know the personalities and how they interact. But um, there's the concept in sports of connectors. And the first time I heard a term that way was from Channing Fry when he was talking about that 2016 title team uh, with the the Cleveland Cavaliers that he was on where he gets to that team and he's just a guy that kind of has fun with everybody. He didn't realize that there were clicks and he was able to connect Kyrie Irving and LeBron James and and all these different people. And that team obviously came together. They won a championship. It's historic. It's great. Uh, When I think about Washington football over the last couple of years, like Nick Sunberg was always a guy that I would deem a connector. Yes, he was a long snapper and he was very good at that. But the idea that he always brought people together and obviously as Ron has come in, there's been some player turnover. It happens. That's not a criticism. It, it just is a, a fact of NFL life. So I'm curious as someone who is around the team and the players and understands the dynamics as, as well as you do, who are some of the guys on this team that may not make headlines as players, may not fill up stat sheets, but are really important to that cohesive unit dynamic that is essential for any team to be successful
1: well i mean i know you don't make headlines but you can't you just can't just miss chase young yeah and how much he is on offense and defense like yeah defense okay he's the one who they follow who they're all talking with and, and bringing together but he does that on offense too you know it's just as important to him you see him a lot of times hanging out with the offense and not with the defense when he's on the sidelines. That's like one thing I noticed last year watching games. I'm like, all the defenses is hanging sitting on the bench when they're all trying to get cool, and he's literally sitting on the sidelines watching the offense and them right. on, you know? So he's the easy connector, but of course, you know, like he, he's got all the headlines, and deservedly so, um, for what he does. It's very genuine in just who he is, and I think players feed off of that. Um, you know, I, I think what's kind of a little interesting, and, and again, here's, here's something that, you know, just makes it tricky, Craig, is, you know, some Logan Paulson was on with me all week during training camp. He goes, what's the locker room like? I said, I don't know. I'm not in it. We're not allowed in <laughs> right, it for COVID right. still. You know, now through the upcoming season, I will be allowed in it for um, for post games. And we're still waiting for the protocols and rules for, for in the season. But that's at least what we are hoping, um, you know, keeping a, a certain tier status to where you can be around players and you're, you're protecting them and their bubbles um, that they try to have. But, you know, when you do ask some of the guys on offense, at least, you know. Who's kind of like someone that's really engaging and such. You know, J.D. McKissick often comes up as somebody who's just humorous, light in the room. Um, you know, kind of just gets guys laughing a little bit. And also we're seeing right a bit, you know, which again gets the headlines, but Ryan Fitzpatrick is somebody who on offensive defense is somebody who just has a way of bringing guys together. And they gravitate towards him, probably because he is that vet, he is the quarterback, but also just the way he interacts with the guys. He's intense. He demands a lot out of them. He teaches them where they need to be, makes them better in the huddle. and off the field, he's cool, calm, chill. Just a, just one of those guys you just kind of want to sit around and, and, you know, hang out with. So, But you can probably go to every unit and find someone that's a little bit that's like that. Um, because, again, that's just speaking a testament to the character of this team and the guys that Coach has brought in and, and building this team around.
0: No doubt. And I think that's so important in an NFL locker room, which is so much bigger than an NBA locker room and and double the size, even of a major league baseball locker room uh, or a soccer locker room that you have 53, you're going to need leaders throughout. But the fact that it's it's your best player, uh, arguably in Chase, uh, maybe inarguably in Chase. He's so good. Um, and then, and then your quarterback is is a great sign, I think, for this team uh moving forward. Julie, uh, this was great. I really appreciate your time. I know it's a busy day, uh, but uh we will, of course, be listening to your coverage tonight on the team 980 and all season long because uh that's what we do. And I'm a company man, and, and that's you know it's one of our stations.
1: <laughs> hey, you know, look, you, 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 we have certain responsibilities and obligations, <laughs> but yes, uh, we will be on team night eighty tonight, seven to nine o'clock. Looking forward to it.
0: Very much. So Julie, thanks so much. And, uh, hopefully I will see you at some point in person, uh, soon this season.
1: Look forward to it, Craig.
0: All right. That's it for Washington training camp. Live. We'll be back on Monday at one o'clock.